Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. for too long uh, because uh, we want to spend some time at the end uh, doing some more prayer, uh, praying for you uh, as well because I think God's doing something really significant in our midst which is very exciting. Uh, So before we we sit, why don't we, um, let's read this scripture, then we'll pray and then we'll get into it. So uh, let's read this, this is from uh, John chapter 4 verses 27 to 35. It says this, Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, What do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Uh, Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for everything that you've done this month in speaking to us about our kingdom family. And as Pastor Phil wrapped that up this morning and as we transition uh, from that and into something new, God, I just pray that you would stir our hearts tonight. God, we uh, give you this word. God, I ask that you would speak your words to us. God, that you would uh, uh, stir our hearts, Father God, that our hearts would be so open. God, we would not be distracted. God, we would not let any uh, rocky ground or thorny ground in our hearts stop this word from getting on the inside of us today. But that, God, your word, God, would return uh, with everything God accomplished that it is sent forth to do. And so, God, I just pray that you would inspire us, stir us, let us hear from you about what you're doing in this season in our church. And uh, God, that is a very exciting thing. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Well, now you may take a seat. Um, yeah. Oh, so much to, so much to share with you. Uh, before I do, we're going to watch a little video clip. And uh, the youth watched this on Friday night. It's called The Father of Lights. And uh, it's a story of uh, some, some guys that just sort of go out to hear God and, and reach people's lives and bring a message of love and grace to the world. And, and look, you're going to have to watch it for yourself. It's, like, it's absolutely amazing. But, and I'm not going to show you, look, what you're about to see now isn't, a, isn't even a glimpse of, of the things they cover in that. But this, you're, seeing the, you're about to see the, just the last part of one story that they did. And it's about uh, this guy, Ravi, I believe his name is, and he hears the audible, audible voice of God every day uh, who gives him instructions about where to go and, and people to reach. And uh, so he goes off, he, he had this, God told him this, he said, there's a man in, a, in an orange cloak with a turban and a, gray, and a white beard. And he said, go off and walk and, and head to this temple and you'll find this man. Now, before I get 
say anything else. I'm not expecting you to hear the audible voice of God each day uh, and, and get up at 4.30 and then walk until you find what, what... I'm not telling you not to, but I'm not telling you to do that. I've never personally had that, and that's not the, the message I'm trying to get across. The point I'm trying to get across, I'm talking about souls tonight. And so they set off, and they meet this guy, and this guy ends up being like a, a Hindu guru of gurus. And, and so he's got disciples himself, and he teaches, you know, he's teaching people all about different gods of the Hindu uh, religion. And, and so this guy just comes up and talks to him. And if you want to see this that I'm telling you now, you're going to have to get it yourself and watch it. And he, and he witnesses to this guy. And this guy uh, usually is not even allowed to hear about another religion. But, he, but this other guy, the Hindu guru of gurus, had a dream and saw Ravi coming to him to tell him about a God that he needed to know about. And um, like radical stuff we're talking about. It's just like, it's insane. And so they meet and obviously Ravi got this guy's attention because he was the guy in his dreams talking about a God that he needed to know about. So he asks him back to his private place and they start talking and it's there. It's an incredible thing and, and, he, and he witnesses about just one God because Hindus have a lot of gods and he witnesses about one God and, and, and leads this guy to Jesus and, um, and he gets saved. And so and it, it's amazing. So this guru of gurus is... Uh, it gets saved and confesses Jesus as Lord. Wow. Uh, I just want to watch what happens sort of after, and that's going to help me with my message this evening. So I wonder if we can press play and watch that. Do we have any Bibles? No. Well, I knew. ಜೀಸಸ್ ಕೆಲವೊಂದು ನಮ್ಮ ಮಟ್ಟಕ್ಕೆ ನಾವು ಗುಡ್ದಾಗಿದ್ವಿ ಹಳ್ಳಿಯರು ಹಳ್ಳಿಯರು ಬಂದು ಎಷ್ಟೋ ಸಲ ನಮ್ಮ ಹತ್ರ ಬಂದಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಈಶ್ವರ್ ಬಂದು ಅವ್ರೇನು ನಮ್ಮ ಸಂಬಂಧ ಪ್ರಾರ್ಥನೆ ಮಾಡಿದ್ರು and he's talked to his uh, disciples and they they've been following Jesus and uh, and he's talked to the followers people come from everywhere and they they've been he's been talking to them uh, uh, as far as i know uh, that he is he's well protected by his own people he was performing obviously he's performing miracles too so headaches and stomach aches that he's is dealing with uh, that's one thing that's protecting him that people see the power that he has from god and they have to believe him and he's been uh, he's been prophesying it seems he's just been telling things what's happening for tomorrow uh, future i mean he's giving all the credit to what jesus did in his life it seems the father is trying to cool. speak to all of his children the... that will that will do and uh, i just i just find that fascinating that um that he he encounter he meets Jesus he meets this uh this god that that he hadn't known about and all of a sudden after following all these gods has peace in his heart and then he says before you can see Ravi's trying to get along with things and he goes he just won't shut up the guy's just like 
I'm going to go tell my disciples, and my disciples are going to go tell everyone else. And not only did he just go, well, that's fantastic, um, you know, I've met, I've met Jesus, but, but he then decided he wanted to go and tell everyone about Jesus as well. Uh, and I love that in this, if we've got this uh, iPad back up there, that would be wonderful. And, and Jesus says here, he says, my food, Jesus said, is to set, do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. And the thing that, brings Je- that brought Jesus satisfaction and fulfillment when he was on earth is to fulfill the will of God and to do his work. And uh, the number one thing that Jesus is focused on and, and is doing right now is saving lost souls. And, um, and I really believe that tonight uh, I'm going to be believing for you that God will impart a, a fresh passion to reach people with the gospel. Uh, because we've just finished Kingdom Family. This is absolutely the last time we're, we're sort of looking at that. And my, my revelation is this, our Kingdom Family needs to increase. Um, it's great to have a family, but uh, the thing about God's Kingdom and our individual at churches all around the world is that there's always more to add. And, and I, I've been, you know, just getting so stirred uh, over the past few weeks uh, about evangelism, about reaching out, about building the church, about seeing lost souls saved. And this, this video just, uh, you know, did that, the same thing for me on Friday night. And because, you know, it reminds me of, of the scripture in Timothy where Paul says uh, to Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. Now, you, it doesn't matter what gifting is on your life, you're called to win people to Jesus. My, my natural gifting is not evangelist. My natural gifting is more teaching and building up saints. And, and, and Timothy also had a gifting that was not so much gifted at reaching people, but Paul said, do the work of the evangelist. You may not be an evangelist, but I've called everybody, no matter what your gifting is, to reach out and win people to Jesus. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, uh, it is by faith you have been saved through grace, and it is not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So we haven't been saved um, by our good works, but then it goes on to say that we have been saved for good works, uh, that Jesus had in advance for us to do. So you're not saved for good works, but you are saved by good works. And uh, I believe this is a season as a church where God would be calling us to enter into more fullness of those good works. And at the top of the list of those good works, there's a whole bunch of good ones. There's serving, there's you know, loving people, there's this and that. But at the top of the list is saving lost people. Uh, it is the top of the list. It's the highest priority of God's church. And I, I believe that if we take our focus off that being the main thing, everything that we're doing here uh, is towards seeing people saved, people making a decision for Jesus Christ, then I actually think that the purpose that we're saved, we've lost the purpose for which we're saved. We're not saved by good works, we're saved for good works. We're saved for good works. And so if we ever get to the point where we're just going, well, this is fantastic, you know, in worship, God's presence is there, this feels really nice, there's always a purpose. You are saved for this. There's always a purpose for God manifesting himself in our world. And I'm going to believe that tonight as well, that he would, uh, and, uh, you know, pour out his spirit to anoint us to reach out because this is a month 
where, where you know, you, you can feel something happening, can't you? You can feel, you can sense something different. You can see sort of a bit of a turn, a, a corner turn uh, in our church, and you can see, sense this sense of expectation, sense of God's presence. And I, I have a feeling that God's been up to some, wanting to do a whole bunch for a while, um, but as we'll see, you know, sometimes He needs us to get on the same page as well before that can come to pass. And so I think this message really, I, was, I always pray, God, what do you want to say to your church? God, what, what season are we in? And this is the thing that kept resonating and stirring in my heart. I believe this is a night, this isn't the next theme, we're not, this isn't the next theme of, you know, of, of March, is not, we're not talking about reaching out, but this is almost like a, oh, it is now, it, it's almost like a, a underlying uh, new culture or revived culture in our church for us to do that. Because this month is going to have so many opportunities for you to invite people, for you to reach out, for you to you know, be uh, the witness that God has called you to be. And I'm going to share about some of those things uh, later. But, but you know, I'm so excited about you know, our team going into the high schools. You know, because that's the thing. My, my, the things that make me passionate are usually you know, leadership meetings. You know, connect groups, discipleship, like building people up, building the church. But the thing that is stirring my heart when I'm praying, I can't think, stop thinking about Jason going into the high schools. And, you know, my, my heart hasn't, I, I love the Central Coast, but in the past it hasn't caused me to, um, you know, I, I've thought about going, you know, out different places and, and different places. But now this area that we're in right now is, is, is burning a passion in my heart. Uh, Wyong, Tugra. Not even Wyong Shire, not even the Central Coast, just it's almost like this, you know, family that are around us. This, this, they may not be our kingdom family yet, but they're our community and they, they're our potential kingdom family. And it's like, you know, you know Watanabe and Warnervale and Wyonga and, and Chittaway and Tugra and Wyong. Wyong and Tugra are stirring my heart at the moment. And, uh, you know, the young adults are, are going to a whole new level of, you know, reaching out. And, and I think it's a church. It's, it's not a thing. We, let me make it clear. Youth and young adults of this church are the youth and young adults of C3 Tugra. It's not a separate enterprise. It's not a little separate mission. This is the church. And so I feel like God is saying to the church that it is time that we really realign our focus and go, this is great, we, you know, we know we're part of a kingdom family, we know God is for us, we know we're sons and daughters of the king, and, and we know, we, you know we're getting a glimpse of all this. Now it's time for us to, for us to lift our gaze. Um, because it says here this, that don't say, oh, I'm just going to rub that one out because it's going over what I want to see. Uh, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest, I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. I, f- I feel like that's almost like a, ki- a, a timeless kingdom uh, thing that Jesus is communicating there. Something that at any point in history, the harvest is always ripe, but the workers are few. And rarely is the, the problem with the harvest. The problem is largely with the harvesters, just like it's pointed out here. Don't say, you know... Uh, you know, four months till the harvest. Look, it's now. And Jesus said, another time, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. And um, so, so, so this evening, this is my heart, and I believe it's a God impartation. We're going to pray for you. And I, so I don't want to go for much longer than another sort of 10 minutes until we have a time where you can really pray and, and help that. Because I understand what it's like if you're there going, I'm not that sort of passionate about that right now. Because there's a difference between going, it's a, that's a good idea towards that is a passion of, in my heart. 
You know, I don't think anyone would be sitting here going, oh, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't reach out and get heaps of people saved. But I think there could be people here that are going, oh, it's just not quite burning on the inside of my life. And, you know, for me, it's, I've sort of come to realize as my unsafe family are getting older, I sort of, it gives you a bit of perspective and all of a sudden it's shifting me into a place where it's going, well, what if they were to leave the earth without me giving everything that I had, everything that I possibly could to see them make a decision to follow Jesus before they leave? And, and so that alone is sort of stirring me at the moment, sort of going, we've got to be doing enough to, to be to be reaching people, to be being the light, the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's great to come in here and have our club and have our tribe and have our clique, which is great. But Tim Lowe said when he came here one time that a clique's only good if there's room for one more. And there's got to be such a sense of community in here that, you know, everyone that fills in just feels that, but they also feel included. And so anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Let me just make uh, one point here. That whenever God wants to move, that it always takes a partnership between heaven and human. Always takes a partnership between heaven and human. And uh, I'm going to, shortly I'm going to talk, uh, there's some, some quotes I'm going to read out, and they, they mention this word, revival. And uh, you know what, some of you who have been, you know, coming to Christianity for the past five years, you may not have heard that term bantered around too much, and, and if you're, uh, you know, been in the church for 10 to 20 years, it may ring some uh, interesting thoughts in your head, but when, when we're reading these, you know, I, I, went, I got to a point where I thought all the weird manifestations of revival was revival, and it lost the beauty of the term, but really, revival is a beautiful, beautiful word, and uh, it, is, it is so precious. And for me, it simply means this. Uh, I came up with my own definition, uh, and, and let's see if I can find it. I can't, but I remember it. It was this. Uh, it was sinners saved, believers ablaze. That's what I just thought. I was like, what is revival? If you want to know what it is, it's lost people meeting Jesus and the church on fire for Jesus. It's a, it's a church on fire to see that happen. And if that's revival, if that's an accurate-ish definition of it, I want it. And I want to see, you know, us just absolutely ablaze for seeing lost people saved. And just like Ravi is walking around reaching lost people, and he's getting people saved, and then they're coming ablaze, and then they're going and reaching people, and then they're coming ablaze. That's how the God design of the church, of the book of Acts, is, is people being released to meet people who are being released to reach other people. Yeah. And, um, and I reckon that's pretty cool. But let's read some of these scriptures. Uh, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers, uh, the builders labor in vain. And notice, the Lord and the builders there's a partnership between heaven and human. There's the law that unless we have God building this church and building the kingdom, then we labor in vain. But if we don't labor, then God's got no one being his hands and feet actually building the church. So there's a partnership between God and you. Um, this one here in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. So Paul, Apollos, but God has been making it grow. There's a partnership of Paul and Apollos doing the work, planning the churches, making the disciples, but God is the one who's breathing of it, on it and making it grow. There's a partnership between heaven and human. It says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works where? In you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has a purpose 
but the amount that we are willing to get involved with it is going to determine how fruitful it actually happens on this planet. Because we, can, we could be on the midst of something incredible, but if we don't position ourselves and help partner with God to see it happen, it will not happen. It will fade away and we'll go, remember we sort of had some great services and, and, and God's presence was really there, but you know, then also it sort of didn't happen. Maybe that's if we get a bit too complacent, like Pastor Phil was saying before, a bit too apathetic, a bit too in our culture. You know, on that DVD, there was a guy that um, was, was crucified for his faith from uh, Egypt, I think it was, and he escaped to Israel, and, and he was saying that there's, there's two types of, um, of, of sort of people in church life. He said there's, the, the, uh, there's a conflict zone and there's a comfort zone, and he said when there's conflict, it pushes people to be strong in their faith and to reach out, but when there's a comfort zone, it causes the church to not care, and we are surrounded in a comfort zone, we are absolutely surrounded in a comfort zone, even me saying this, people go, oh yeah, we always hear about that, comfort zone, it's because this culture oozes comfort zone, it oozes, you don't have to, you, you can be so comfortable, you don't have to reach out, you can turn up, I wonder if we asked ourselves, who's turned up to church for how long without bringing someone with them, oh wow, I'm convicted, not me, you know, not, not, not me, you know, saying, oh, who wants to become a Christian? Me claiming that. That's your one because you brought them here. But, you know, but bringing someone with you. We're so comfortable. We can turn up to church for five years without bringing one person, not reaching one person's life, and it's still comfortable for us. But I think God would, uh, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're naturally in a comfort zone and not a conflict zone, then we need to stir our own heart to stir ourselves up in the comfort zone so that we don't need a conflict zone to be passionate about Jesus. Uh, and we can stir ourselves up to get excited, passionate, zealot, uh, zealous for the works of God and reaching people's lives, but it takes a, a determined decision from us to do that. And I think that that's the thing that I'm propositioning you with over this month of March. I see so much fruit coming through our church in the month of March and, and beyond, setting us up for something incredible. But it's going to take a partnership between heaven and you. Uh, and, and the last one here, I've, I've said it all, but it says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more uh, according to his power, that is what? At work within us. The Bible is very clear that God needs your assistance. Let me uh, read one quote uh, from you. As I said, the word revival is going to pop up a little bit here, but just think about it being in a season. Like Ravi's living in revival. We can live in, I, I believe I've lived in revival for five years, 12 years, uh, you know, seven years. Why? Because my heart has been ablaze. And I've been reaching people's lives. Just, you know, you don't, it doesn't need to be, you know, pe you know people falling over all over the place and, and all this stuff. I mean, it can be, whatever, Lord, have your way, you know, but it doesn't have to be. It's just people's hearts ablaze. A church passionate about, you know, about reaching people. So, it, so it says this, this is Ian Bounds, he says this, all revivals are dependent on God, but in revivals, as in other things, he invites and requires the assistance of man, and the full result is obtained when there is cooperation between the divine and the human. In other words, to employ a familiar phrase, God alone can save the world, but God chooses to, not to save the world alone. God and man unite for the task the response of the divine being invariably in proportion to the desire and the effort of the human. Is that, did that sink in or, or not? That is just like unreal. It's just like God's, God's, the beauty of God involving us. See, God can't do it without us by choice. We can't do it without Him by nature. <laughs> like, we physically can't do it. We can't get lost people saved. We can't build the church. We can do everything we can, but without Him, as it said, the, labor, the builders labor in vain. 
God can't do it without us, not because he couldn't, but because he doesn't want to. Because he wants to, you're saved for good works, you're saved for a purpose. We can't lose sight of the fact that we are saved to do something. And I'm all about personal growth. If you're not growing on the inside and you're not confronting things in your heart that are going to stop you from growing, then you're not going to bear much fruit anyway. If you're not, you know, having great, you know, great relationship, if you're not, you know, getting revelation from God in the Word, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, I'm all for personal growth. But if we just dwell in that, then our circumstances become big, our problems become overwhelming. There's got to be this thing at the same time as we're doing a journey individually with God, our eyes are up looking to other people, looking out to who we can, who we can influence. Um, and so, in just a few minutes, I'm not going to go deeply into these. I want to give you something practical, and then, um, you know, we want to pray for you and believe for, for you know, for God to empower you with, with this sort of passion to do that. Uh, Jay John is down at Oxford Falls at the moment. He's an evangelist from the UK, and um, youth are going to go down next Friday night. Youth, be there. Invite people. We're going to be, I'll tell you about that in a sec, but uh, he says this, evangelism is, is three things. He says it is... Uh, it is prayer, it is share, uh, sorry, let me get rid of that one first. It is care, and it is share. Key to evangelism, prayer, care, share. And so I just want to give you something that whether you are, see the church has a whole bunch of, uh, of different, you know, uh, Mark Kelsey talks about the church gathered and the church scattered. So he talks about the fact that we're a sacred assembly, like Pastor Phil was saying this morning, the ecclesia, the called together ones to a sacred gathering. Uh, and, and I tell you what, no one, I don't think, would get, see a lost sheep. Pastor Phil was talking about sheep this morning. You wouldn't see a sheep that was lost, attend to it out in the back paddocks of life and leave it there to, ho- to, to do its best. Always brings it back. So there's a church gathered, there's a church scattered, go and make disciples of all nations. So go out, reach your neighbor that you don't want to talk to, get out of your comfort zone, reach your family member that's been so shut off to, you know, hearing anything about it, reach out, but then the church scattered, but then the church needs to gather again, bring the sheep back into the fold so they have every chance that they can get of, you know, of of making it and, and, and surviving. So... Whether we're gathered or we're scattered, whether you're at work, whether you're at, in your family, whether you're you know, doing in a, in a sporting team, or whether you're in church, these three things, I, I believe, are, are vital to seeing us reach people effectively. And the first one, as it says there, is, is prayer. And I think prayer shows our dependence on God. Uh, it shows us the amount that we pray or don't pray shows us the amount that we say to God, we can do this with or without you. And that's pretty full on, I'm sorry, but, um, but it's true. If you, if, if you can go a day without praying, then you're saying to God, I don't need you today. I might need you tomorrow if things go hard, but I don't need you today. You may not think you're saying that, but we are saying that. Um, Bill Hybels has a, a book that says, too, called Too Busy Not to Pray. Never read it, but it speaks to me so much, just the, just the phrase. Uh, um, I've got it, and, and it's just, just, that phrase is enough, too busy not to pray. Not too busy to pray, too busy not to pray. Um, and, and, and let's be like, when, when we pray, things happen. When we don't pray, things don't happen. It's pretty simple. And then we wonder if we don't pray, nothing happens, wonder what's going on. Um, and so, you know, like, is it Chronicles, Pastor Phil, says, uh, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. 
If they humble themselves and pray, uh, then I will do this and that. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty cool. Let's read some, some quotes. I like quotes. I was just in a bit of a quote zone, if that's all right. Um, a revival may be expected when Christians have a spirit of prayer for revival. That is, when they pray as if they want it. They don't just pray. They don't just utter empty words. They actually pray. You know, we, we, we're praying on, what, before Real Men Connect, intercessors are praying. We're praying before church. I think that's like the minimum we should be praying. That's been an increase for us. I think it should be like the bare minimum. And, you know, what, you know the good old days of all-night prayer meetings and 24 you know, it's pretty old school, but it's awesome. I love it. I think it's, you know, bring it back. Um, check this one. This cooperation, I know there's a few words in this, uh, Ian Bounds again. This cooperation then being necessary, what is the duty we as co-workers with God require to undertake? Okay, well, what's our role in this partnership with God? First of all, and most important um, of all, the point which we desire to emphasize, we must, must give ourselves to prayer. Revivals, as Dr. J. Wilbur Chapman reminds us, are born in prayer. When Wesley prayed, England was revived. When Knox prayed, Scotland was refreshed. When the Sunday school teachers of Tannybrook prayed, 11,000 young people were added to the church in a year. Whole nights of prayer have always been succeeded by whole days of soul winning. Um, let's got to go back to this. From, Pente- from the day of Pentecost, there has not been one great spiritual awakening in any land which has not begun in a union of prayer, though only among two or three, no such outward upment movement has continued after such prayer meetings have declined. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? People are praying, God moves. People stop praying, God stops moving. Like, seriously, it's not, it's not brain surgery, hey. That's worthy. Um, last one. This is about the Welsh Revival. Early in the Welsh Revival, a Wiltshire evangelist visited uh, the meetings at Ferndale. He stood up and said, friends, I have journeyed into Wales with hope that I may glean the secret of the Welsh Revival. Teach me what is happening. In an instant, Evan Roberts, the leader of it, uh, was on his feet and with an uplifted arm towards the speaker, he replied, my brother, there is no secret. Ask and ye shall receive. It's no secret. It's like, if you want it, ask for it, um, which is pretty, pretty good. I think. Um, so if, you're, if, if prayer is something that you have, you know, this is something we need to do whether we're gathered or scattered. We're praying, we turn up to prayer meetings. If you're at home, you're, you're praying. There's another one, Spurgeon said something about, you know, he said to his congregation, if I could just find two or three of you that would go home and pray earnestly for, for people to be reached in our, in our area, then he said, then that would be amazing. You know, whether you're gathered, gathered or scattered, pray. Uh, it shows us how much we want it. This is a thing, that's, that's the thing. So when you turn up in prayer, when you're worshiping, that's how you pull yourself out of a comfort zone. You make a choice to pray, to worship, to come to church, to read the word, even when you don't feel like it. Sooner or later, you'll feel like it. The feeling will come after, the choice. Like out the back in prayer, we walked out there before seventh, we're like, oh man, this feels so dry and empty. And then after, but we just pray and we pray and pray and all of a sudden, the feeling comes and heaven comes. And so if you're in a comfort zone, the only way out of it is to make a determined decision to do these things, even when you don't feel like it. Uh, I've got a new friend request, that's good. Um, Okay, secondly, so prayer, is, we've, we've got that. Prayer, the second thing is care. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So these are two practical things. I'm literally going to skim over it. I used to witness to my family members thinking I needed to tell them about Jesus, and uh, I'd always ended up in fights, and that was a, probably a way worse witness than if I had not said anything at all. Because they're like trying to 
no, come on. And we expect them to be convinced there and then. And we're like, no, listen to me. You don't get it. And then they, they arc up and say something that offends you. And then you arc up at them. And it's like, oh, you know, after a while, it's all over. People don't need it to be rammed down their throat. You need a platform to be able to share with someone. And that platform is care taking time out, just loving them, uh, being with them, whether it's school, church, you know, even whether we're scattered, you know, gathered, being nice to each other. It's easy to talk about kingdom family, isn't it, when it's in the moment. Oh, this is wonderful. What happens when they tick you off something seriously and they say something you didn't like or they, you know, whatever, whatever. Let's just, walking in love is a great concept, but it's very hard to, to carry out. But we need to make choices, just care about everyone, unbelievers, believers, and, and reach out into people in our world and, and show them that we care. I've always thought that the very minimum someone should be able to say about me is that I'm a good bloke, <laughs> in Aussie terms. He's a good bloke. If nothing else, they're not going to care anything about what I have to say about, you know, about the gospel or the Bible if they can't even say he's a decent guy, you know what I mean? And, and whatever, not everyone's going to, of course, but whatever, like I should make that my, my goal is at least to be good for people and to be nice to people so they have a platform to, you know, share with. Last thing, thanks, Steve. I appreciate your affirmation. Um, I'll tell you about Jesus later on. Now I have your platform. Uh, And then there's this one. Lastly, so, you know, so share. Did I write share up there? Anyway, share. So then there is a time to share. And we can have the band come up now as I I finish this up. Um, Yes, there is there is, you know, times to share. I love this scripture here. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Uh, keeping a clear kind. You know, so I-, I love this as well. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. Um, you know, I'd never tell people about Jesus that don't ask me. And that's not a necessarily a good thing. It's just that that's how... God works in my life. Uh, if he tells you, like Ravi, to go and speak to this person, then you do it. But I've found with God that I work in a church. I'm a youth pastor. Everything I, as I do is about that. So if I'm just living my life, people end up saying, why do you do what, you're, what you do? Why did you give up a job to go to Bible college? Why do you work for a church when you could be earning more money here? Why do you hang out with youth on a Friday night when you could be going out to dinner or doing something like that? Your life, if we just live lives and instead of being ashamed of what we do, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, sort of, yeah, weekend was great, went to the beach, it was really good, and hang out with family and friends and church, and then I went to, you know, you know not even telling them we, what we do. What, if you just live your life, people will say, what about this? I've had that many people in my day ask me for it to give a reason for the hope which I profess. And, and earlier in on the piece, I wasn't very good at it, and, uh, and now I'm sort of getting better at it. But... But the main thing is that, you know, there will be a time to, to give the words, but really, don't try and ram it down people's throat and just, you know, it doesn't really work that way. But anyway, that's a bit of a practical thing, right? Uh, I want to just, let's stand up, and we do have a band there. I thought it was just a drummer for a second, but we do have a whole band. Um, this month, I want to just really quickly before I, I get spit Spiro on you, um, this month, I wonder if we can just yeah, bring it down just a touch while it's still there, is we have so many opportunities this month to reach out and a reason to invite. This scripture in Luke, it says about the parable of the great banquet, and it says, uh, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in 
so that the house may be filled. God's desire is for His house to be full without a shadow of a doubt. It's not all about numbers. People aren't numbers. But God's desire is that He has a full house. And, um, and our role is, yes, go and make disciples, but also compel people that they will come in. And I've already got one of my family members after taking time out of, you know, having the argument and just deciding to love, coming to two weeks in a row in March. And I'd love for you guys to welcome them and just, you know, be, be yeah. And because we've got, you know, in, in three weeks, we've got a guy named Brett Barclay coming to preach here, who is an incredible teacher on love and grace of God and righteousness. Perfect opportunity for someone to hear a clear explanation of the gospel. We, Easter Sunday, we have a production coming in on Easter Sunday night, and it's going to be an, another incredible opportunity to bring people. So I, as soon as I found that out after we had a meeting, got on the phone, hey, you're coming to church two weeks in a row. There's some great things you want to hear. I tell you what, there's, there's people, we all know people that you can invite. If you don't, then go and take up a hobby that involves other people because uh, maybe, maybe God's saying that He wants you to bear much fruit. Maybe go join play sport even if you're terrible at it just go and play tennis or something even if you can't play tennis just so you play soccer for the church team but there's unsaved people in the church gone my, oh my goodness I tell you that much not in our oh there is in our team as well which is anyway that's another story um, but but this month let us let our sharing be inviting you don't have to tell them the full gospel just say come to church come to church you can say yeah Facebook yeah this is needs to be the line in the sand from Facebook yeah we should be using it to promote it. Yeah. Half your friends on Facebook are unsafe. Safe, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so Facebook, you know, the youth, we're, our youth leadership team, we have a thing, as soon as SG puts a post, we like it. We kind of, and we just do that. We don't need to keep saying it to them. They just, they're awesome. They're amazing. Let's do that as a church. Get on Facebook, like, share, do whatever. But... There's one key ingredient that I haven't mentioned yet. Um, you know, prayer, all that is great. Uh, prayer is awesome. And all the other practical stuff is fantastic. But, you know, one of the, the purposes that God poured out the Holy Spirit was so that we would be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. And, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't just for goosebumps. It's not just for emotion. Although it's good to have a, an emotion of passion, I firmly believe that, and anyone can argue with me until they're blue in the face, I will not budge, having passion is good. But really, the bottom line is this, the Holy Spirit is for a purpose. There's an impartation that if you're struggling to, to get a passion for souls, or you're struggling to reach out and be a witness, or you're afraid, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be bold to witness your faith not like me when I first got saved and I was running in and out of prayer meetings at school trying not to let anyone see me. Now there will be a boldness in your world that someone can ask you even with a condescending tone, why do you go to church? And you're just bold, you're just rock solid, you're not inferior, you're the head, not the tail, you're above, not beneath. And, and you've got this boldness to reach out. You can get in here with the high school guys and go and help Josiah who is our chaplain at Wyong Public School and, and get in there and give him a hand and Vanessa and you know, Oh man, there's so many opportunities for us to reach out, but we need uh, the Holy Spirit to help us do that.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's face.